Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and today we're going to be diving into Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and get that, get it ready. Uh, if you would like to catch past episodes of the Activate Podcast, you can find them on SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. Uh, so let's uh, join together in prayer. Let's join our hearts and let's go before God together, and then we'll get right into uh, the Word. So let's bow our hearts together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your word that is sharper than we could even imagine. It is better than any other book. It is better than any other thing that we could read. It's better than any self-help book or how-to book. God, I thank you that your word is supernatural. It's spiritual. It's beyond us. It's so deep and it's so relevant and it's so full and robust. And God, we thank you that we can dive into it today. God, I thank you that you speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray today that you would prepare every single heart that's listening to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would unstop our ears so that we could hear your voice. God, I pray that we would uh, lock our eyes on you and you alone for the next few moments and hear your word. God, I thank you for the ways that you penetrate into our lives and you know what we need. God, I thank you that our Christianity is, is not something that we do alone, but we do it in a group. And Lord, I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you for your holy church. God, I thank you that you've created us to be in community with one another. Lord, I pray that we would bring you glory, that we we would magnify who you are in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, today I was uh, reading the word and it just sharply stuck out, st- stuck out to me. And there was nothing I could do but reread and reread and reread this certain passage of scripture. And uh, I really believe that God has a word today uh, that needs to go out for someone to hear. And so um, I hope that you will just whatever you're doing, find a place where you can really zero in and listen. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 uh, in the message version. So um, if you have an app, get that open. If you have a Bible, get that open. We're going to start right around verse 18 in the message version. There's not really verses, but we're around uh, of uh, chapter 12, verse 18 in Hebrews. It says this, it says, unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai all that volcanic blast and earth-shattering rumble to hear God speak. The ear-splitting words and soul-shaking message terrified them, and they begged him to stop. When they heard the words, if an animal touches the mountain, it's as good as dead, they were afraid to move. Even Moses was terrified. And this is referring back to the people of Israel. When God spoke to them, there had no covering of righteousness. And so if there was any sin in their lives, any unholiness, any unrighteousness, they and they came in the presence of God, they would instantly be killed. Even an animal touching the mountain where God's presence would, would was would die. And so there was this huge fear to come before the Lord. There was this, this huge gap between the people and their God. Their God was holy and they were not. Their God was far away and they could not come close. Even when God invited the people of God up the mountain, they said, no, Moses, you go because it's too terrible terrifying and it's too uh, too risky to speak with God. And when we contrast that with today, 
Where can you speak to God? You can speak to God in the grocery store. You can speak to God in the shower. You can speak to God as you're going about your daily routine. You can speak to God anytime, anywhere. You can speak to Him in the car. You you don't have to be at church to speak to God. You can speak to Him anywhere, and there's such a contrast there. But the difference maker is that we are covered with a robe of righteousness that comes from the sacrificial uh, Lamb, Jesus Christ. It's because of Jesus' death on the cross that we can come near to God, that we can draw near and be in his presence. So there's such a a stark, startling contrast between the way things were and the way things are. And because we have so much accessibility, we, we become apathetic. Because we are able to come to God anytime, anywhere, we do it less than we could than we should, than we even want to sometimes. And, and Paul says it's so wonderful. The things I want to do, I don't do. And we have this ability to come close to God. So let's move on. So it talks about how our ancestors were terrified to come close. It says even Moses was terrified. No, that's not your experience at all. You've come to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. The invisible Jerusalem is populated by throngs of festive angels and Christian citizens. It is a city where God is judge, with judgments that make us just. You've come to Jesus, who presents us with a new covenant, a fresh charter from God. He's the mediator of this covenant. The murder of Jesus, unlike Abel's, a homicide that cried out for vengeance, becomes a proclamation of grace. So in Jesus dying on a cross and Jesus' murder, because he was murdered, he was killed, it cries out grace to us. Unlike Abel, Cain killed Abel, and it was just a murder, and it didn't save anyone, it didn't help anyone, but the murder of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, gives us grace, a proclamation of grace. All right, so here's where it's, where it's about to get a little fiery. So roll with me here. We're in, in verse 25. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. Time and time again, the Bible talks about if you have ears, hear. If you have eyes, see. And personally for me, this is a prayer I pray almost every day. God, give me eyes to see what you see. Give me spiritual eyes to understand things beyond the natural. Give me ears to hear what you, God, my commanding officer, is saying to me. So many times we we are presented with the Holy Scripture, with the Word of God, and we turn away. We don't even read it. We keep it up on a shelf. Only when uh, we really are in trouble do we call on the name of God. And God says, if you would just seek me, those who seek me with all their hearts will find me. And so this is an invitation to draw near to God. It's another uh, invitation. It's a hand out to you saying, draw near to God and come close to Him. Don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. Here's the here's the the things offered before you life and death. Choose life. Choose God. All right, so it says if those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundation. This time he's told us this quite plainly. He'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stern to steer, stern, stem to stern. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning. Catch this. It says getting rid of all the historical and religious junk 
so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. This, my friends, was not written in 2020. This was not written in response to the pandemic. These words in Hebrews were penned thousands of years ago, and it says, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. What does this mean? We're not talking about essential workers at Walmart. We're not talking about essential workers as nurses. We're, we're talking about what is essential in the kingdom of God. Those are the things that will stand unshakable. Those are the things that won't be uh, undone by a pandemic, undone by a government, undone by finances, undone by anything. There are unshakable things in the kingdom of God. What are they? The unshakable things in the kingdom of God is the gospel. It's the good news that God sent Jesus as a sacrifice that we can draw near to him, that we can be redeemed of our sins, that we can be clothed in righteousness so that we really can come near that quote unquote holy mountain of God without dying because we have the righteousness of Jesus covering us. What remains? Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. What will remain? Love. What are the essentials of the kingdom of God? It's love and it's the gospel. It's not how our chairs are set up in our sanctuary. It's not about our small group leaders' uh, misfortune or fortune. It's not about what pastors we're affiliated with or follow. It's not about what books we read. It's about the gospel. That's the essential part of the kingdom of God, the gospel and love. The gospel and love are unshakable. Here's the verse right here. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. It's proven from Genesis Oh, through revelation, it's proven that we have an unshakable kingdom. When I think of the desperation of the people in the book of Esther, when I think about an edict going out saying that all the Jewish people were to be killed, that there would be an, an open uh, season on the heads of every Jewish person, that the, the military, the townspeople, everyone would be allowed to kill the Jewish people on this certain day. When I see the hatred toward the Jewish people in that moment, it must have felt like the kingdom of God was shaking. It must have felt like there was no hope. But God proves through his servant Esther. He proves that, that he had a plan that would preserve the people of God, that he is not uh, dependent on governments. He's not dependent on people's opinions. He's not dependent on anything. He's not dependent on money. He's not dependent on any other thing but his own power. And God's power is unshakable. And through the series of events in the book of Esther, the people of God are not only uh, free, freed from this edict, but everything changes for them. We see it played out in every part of Scripture, every part of our Holy Scriptures. We see the hand of God on His people, that the kingdom of God is not shaken. 
in Genesis, through original sin, the kingdom of God is not even shaken with that. In the flood, the kingdom of God is not even shaken. In Exodus, we see captivity doesn't shake the kingdom of God. In Leviticus, we see people not being able to obey the law of God does not shake his kingdom. In Numbers, through censuses, it doesn't shake the kingdom of God. In Deuteronomy, when the spies go out to see the land and they bring back a word of hopelessness. The kingdom of God is not shaken. In Joshua, as the armies fight people bigger and better than themselves, the kingdom of God does not crumble. In death and poverty that we see in the book of Ruth, the kingdom of God does not shake. Through Even in uh, the times in First and Second Samuel, when the prophets were scarce and the word of the Lord was scarce, the kingdom of God was not moving. It wasn't in trouble. There wasn't something wrong. The kingdom of God was steady. In the time of the kings, when the people called and asked for a king, called on God and asked for a, uh, an earthly king, the kingdom of God did not move. It was not shaken. Even when cities were destroyed, and we see in Ezra and Nehemiah, when the people of God were carried off into captivity, the kingdom of God wasn't shaken. In Esther, we see the kingdom of God not moving. In the book of Job, we hear of the the trials of Job and there is no shaking in the steadiness of God. Though the prophets cry out and no one listens, the kingdom of God stands steady. When Jesus comes in, we read about it in the book of Matthew where they tried to kill him right at his birth. The kingdom of God is not shaken. They try to kill him in his life and capture Jesus in his life, and he is not shaken. We see Judas as the traitor who turns him into Jesus in to be killed, and still the kingdom of God is not shaking. It is advancing. We see in the book of Acts the persecution from the government, from Rome, and the kingdom of God does not shake. It advances. As the gospel message spreads to the Gentiles through Paul, the kingdom of God is not shaken, it's not diluted, it's not changed, it advances. We see through church issues in in Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians that the kingdom of God does not shake even though the, the people of God are not following him precisely. Even though Paul is sent to jail for his faith in Christ, the kingdom of God does not shake, it advances. Even though we see in Timothy young leaders coming up, new leaders The kingdom of God doesn't shake when new leaders arise. When Peter writes 1st and 2nd Peter, uh, the, the kingdom of God doesn't shake, it advances. And through the book of Revelation, we see that God's kingdom will not shake. In the future, it will not shake, but it will move forward and advance. The kingdom of God is forever. The kingdom of God is not a shifting sand. The kingdom of God can withstand any storm. The kingdom of God is forever. It is eternal. And so when we read in Hebrews and it says, Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before our God. We are part of a kingdom that will never move. We are part of the people of God who were protected from Genesis all the way to Revelation, through the early church, through uh, the, the heroes of old. Even in our American history, we have heroes of faith that God protected supernaturally, and God also has his hand on your life as a believer. As we draw near to God, we are called children of God, and the children of God will not be shaken. 
There's no pandemic. There's no government. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of corruption in the church and outside of the church that will shake the kingdom of God that's within you. Take hold of that kingdom of God within you and come near to God. Back in, in, in our passage of Hebrews, it said it used to be that we were afraid to come close to God. And today we can draw near to God in the grocery store. We can draw near to God at any time. And so friend, I'm urging you to draw near to God because he has a kingdom that is not shaking, that is not going to change. For God is not an indifferent bystander, the Bible said. says. God is not watching from a distance, wondering what will happen. He is actively involved in our lives. He is actively leading and guiding His children. And if we would open our ears, if we would open our spiritual eyes to see, we would know with such confidence that the Bible is true and that God has been with His people from the beginning of time and He will be with us through eternity and the people of God will not be shaken based on governments, based on money, based on health scares. We are the children of God and we are in the palm of his hand. We are the apple of his eyes. His wing covers us, shields us. He is a shield about us and around us. He is a strong tower that we run to and we are safe, but we must call on the name of the Lord. We can't be apathetic and not coming to him. He's not an act. He is not standing by as a bystander. It says here, He's actively cleaning house, touching all that needs to burn, and he won't finish until it's cleansed. God himself is fire. Now, this brings us back to this, this mountain of God where, where even the animals were burned up. And friend, I got to tell you that when we are covered in the righteousness of God, we will not be consumed in fire. But here's the thing. We need to be covered in the righteousness of God. We need to find our place before God. And you know, all that's happened here in 2020 has given us a clarity. The clarity has been that we don't need soccer practices and concerts and movies. We don't need restaurants and stores. We don't need activities. What we need is time spent in the presence of God alone. That is what is essential. That is the thing that God has brought his church back to, that we need him and him alone. We need personal study with God. When the church doors are closed, we need to get closed in with God. We need to be around other believers. But listen to me, friend. If you are not drawing close to God, then you're not drawing close to this unshakable kingdom. You're not getting your direction from God. And in 2 Timothy, I love where it says that uh, if we are part of the army of God, we have to come close and listen to what our commanding officer is saying. Each and every individual person needs to draw near to God. And then corporately, I love how God has created the body of Christ. We need to draw near to him together. We need to come together. It's Christianity is not a lone wolf thing. We need to get into the doors of our church as soon as they are open. We need to be around people of God. We need to call friends and pray with them on the phone. We don't need to just call and chat. We need to call and pray. We don't need to just call and, and, and chit chat. We need to call and get in the presence of God together because there's power when the people of God come together. There's power when the people of God pray together. Friend, listen, what is essential? Essential for you is to spend time with Jesus every single day, concentrated time with Jesus. Because do you see what we've got? We have a kingdom that's unshakable. Do you see what we've got? 
God is shaking things that aren't essential. He's shaking things that are are, are historical messes. He's shaking things that are religious messes. And he's saying the most important thing is to draw close to him, to come close to God, because that access door is wide open if we pass through in the name of Jesus. We don't pass through on our own good deeds. We don't pass through because we attend church. We pass through because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, opening wide the door for each and every single person to come. Will you come today into the presence of God? Or are you leaning on things that aren't essential? For so long as the American church, as the American people, we have leaned in on hours of doing events, on hours of doing soccer practices and running to this situation and that event and to this thing. And God wants hours of our time spent on on our knees before Him, seeking His face. Seek me and you will find me. Would you like to find the direction that God has for you today in this month? In the month of August, what is it that God is stirring in you to do? It's August 2020. What does God have for you in this month? What does God have for you this week? What what uh, mission does He have for you as part of His unshakable kingdom? Draw near to God. This is no surprise to him. We have the bombing in in Beirut uh, yesterday. We have uh, uh, weather patterns that are crazy. We have the pandemic going on. We have uh, riots going on. We have so many things that f- make us feel like maybe things are shaky. Maybe things aren't good. But God says in his word, written thousands of years ago, the words that we would need today, and it's this. Don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundations. This time, he's told us that quite plainly, he'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. The phrase, phrase, one last shaking, means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essential stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He wasn't a bystander in Genesis or Exodus or Leviticus or Job or Psalms to David or uh, to, to Paul in prison. He wasn't just standing by with his back turned to us. He had his hand outstretched to each and everyone, and he has his hand outstretched to you today. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's cleansed because God himself is fire. And God wants to burn away things in us personally, individually that don't belong there so he can shine forth his glory. We are made uh, to bring glory to God. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, by Jesus dying on the cross, there is forgiveness of sin and an access that comes only through Him. And it's the word of our testimony saying, yes, it's true. Yes, that's what God did for me. I was lost and now I'm found. I was dead in my sin and now I am a whole new person. I am a new creation. I am not the person I used to be, but I am brand new, born once again into a spiritual kingdom that cannot be shaken. I am born again and you can be. 
need to by coming close to God, by asking God to be that robe of righteousness, asking God to forgive your sins, burning away anything that's not of him so that we can be holy unto the Lord. We can be holy like he's holy because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of the Holy Spirit that's come to guide and direct us, because the Holy Spirit gives us the things that we need, gives us the counsel that we need to do what God has called us to do. He's the one that gives us the willpower to live for God, not because of our own striving, not because of our own trying, but because of his way that he's made for us. And and Jesus says, you are the apple of my eye. You are my workmanship. I love in Ephesians where it says that we are his workmanship created on purpose to do good works. He has good works that he's planned for you to do before the beginning of time. If you would draw near and listen to the voice of your commanding officer, King Jesus, who's the king of an unshakable kingdom, he has a plan for you today, this week, this month, this season of life. You were placed here on purpose. You were put in history. You were put in this country. You were put in your town. You were put in your uh, church. You were put in your family. You were put to listen to this this uh, broadcast today so that you would hear to draw near again, draw closer to God. He's got a plan and it's unshakable. It will not move. It will not change like shifting shadows. It is here today, tomorrow, and forever. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word from beginning to end that teaches us, God, that you are not uh, a changing God, but you are the same. God, I thank you that you're not a man, that you would lie, but you are the same today, You are that you will be for our children. You are the same that you will be for our grandchildren. And God, we thank you for the heroes of faith that have gone before us, for those who were not shaken but called on your name. God, I thank you Thank you for the examples of people like Corey Ten Boom that in the middle of, uh, uh, of just the most devastating situation. She clung to her Bible. She snuck her Bible into a concentration camp and she she told people of your goodness. God, I pray that we would follow in her steps and God, we would cling to your word. God, well, we have time. Well, there is light. God, I pray that we would read your word. Well, well, we have opportunity. God, I pray that we would draw close to you. God, I pray that we would fill up our churches with hungry hearts seeking after you. God, I pray that our prayer times would be on fire, on fire in the sense that they would be burning up anything that's not of you, on fire in the sense that we would be thankful before you, God, for what you've given us, which is this kingdom that is not shakable. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for the availability that we have to go before you. God, I pray that we wouldn't take it for granted, but God, we would come boldly into the throne room of grace and mercy, and we would have audience with you, our God and King. God, I pray that you would be the savior of our hearts, but also the commanding officer that would show us what to do today. God, we sacrifice our very lives before you. God, we say that we are yours. We are living sacrifices. God, whatever you have for us to say, we will say. Whatever you have for us to do, we will do. Wherever you have for us to go, we will go. Whoever you have for us to talk to, we will talk to. God, we lay our lives before you. And God, we say we're yours. We are vessels ready to be used by you. God, help us to love. God, help us to share the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen.